Welcome to uh, Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Yes, it's a little bit of a different intro because we're on video now. That's right. Uh, Nick, welcome to the program. Co-host, uh, this is the first official co-host uh, job for you, right, Nick? Absolutely. Here at Simply well, Stogies? On this show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah on this uh, show. Yes, yeah. you've been a, a smooth draw quite a bit, but we'll, we'll get to that uh, uh, much later in the program. Check us out on, if you're listening to us, like where you normally listen to us on whatever podcatcher you you choose, um, go check us out, Rumble, YouTube, or you can go to simplystogies.com and watch the video as well because we have a very special guest. We are um, very honored and very blessed to have Island Jim Robinson with us. Island Jim, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on or just being probably strong-armed by by Nick to come on is that's, probably that's sure. more accurate. James, I don't know if you know, but Jim, he'll tell you, but he doesn't do these things. He doesn't like to do them. And when I called him, he's like, no, I don't do those, Nick. And I said, well, Jim, for me, you kind of have to. And he was like, ah, all right. So reluctantly, we are fortunate to have him on the show. I, I, I'm happy that you're here as, as well, Jim. And, and I kind of just want to jump in. I want to start this off with, how did you, like, what is your, where does the, your journey begin? Your cigar journey, where does that begin? Well, I retired from working for Marriott Hotels. And when I retired, I didn't, I don't fish, I don't golf, but I like smoking cigars. So I opened a cigar shop. Uh, and after, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which I still have the cigar shop today. Uh, and from there, I think everybody that has a cigar shop eventually wants to make a house cigar. So I was doing lots of trips to Rocky Patel's in uh, in Honduras and um, I'm a rock I'm a rocket to tell lounge to this day in my store even though I have my own brand of cigars and going to Rocky's uh, factory I've got I met Oscar Oscar worked for Rocky uh, and after about eight years of doing trips one day Oscar came to me and said I want to start my own factory and I said well I want you to make the first cigar for me and that's where we came up with the leaf by Oscar wow so your first shop, your shop, what's it called? Leaf and Bean, right? Leaf and, and, bean. In, Leaf and bean in the strip Pittsburgh. Tell tell me about the Leaf and Bean a little bit. Talk about the history of that because you know, I, I traveling around the country, I've talked to a lot of shop owners. I've talked to a lot of different people who are in and around the industry, and it's not the easiest thing in the world to own a shop. It's not the easiest thing in the world to run a shop. Talk about talk about that a little bit. What were some of the challenges that you had starting out? Well, first off, my shop is in, it's in this, an area called the Strip District, which is a tourist location in Pittsburgh. It's not strip clubs. Uh, and uh, I rented this old garage they used to park dump trucks in, and I converted it into a cigar shop. Took all of the money I had to do the renovations, which at that time wasn't that much. And uh, the day I opened, I had $37 in the bank. I, you know, I, I even though I got, you know, I went to RIT for a business degree, I didn't follow any of the things I was. <laughs> you went all in, in, as they say. Yeah. So I had every dime I had into this place. And wow. uh, the, if you would have come in and said, I owed you $50 the first day I opened, you're going to, I would have said, you have to wait till I make a couple sales because I just don't have any money. And I, when I first started, a friend of mine owns the original Leaf and Bean. So I was Leaf and Bean 2. Uh, and I franchised off with him. I would go to him every week and pick up, say, eight Monte Cristos just to have some Monte Cristos, eight sticks, not boxes. I would wow. just spill the bottom layer of every box that I had, 
I did that for about two years before I started actually buying boxes to sell. Now, now, now we're a box sales store. The store is a very profitable store. It's a very good store. Uh, we cater mainly to boutiques in our, in our shop. Um, James, if I can add, the one yeah. thing, if you, you know, Jim's shop is unique in so many different ways. To describe the shop, um, I try, people ask me, you, you kind of have to see it. it. reminds me of like the hard rock in a sense. And there's just a bunch of stuff all over the place. There's so much to take in at once. There's like all kinds of signs and things hanging on the ceiling. So it's very, it's got a very cluttered, uh, just like everything's there. It's just cool. It's so unique to be able to smoke there because all you do is you look around, you read all the different signs and see all the different hangings and um, so it offers a very unique experience for people to smoke and tourists come there just to go to gym shop, uh, on the strip there in uh, Pittsburgh. Right, Jim? Yeah. Like it's, very, it's like a very cluttered antique store. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's eclectic. Eclectic is what I would call it. Exactly. Uh, there's a lot going on, but it, it is on the short list of a lot of cigar aficionados places to go visit. Uh, you have turned this obviously from from something where you were buying cigars just to put on the bottom of the boxes for two years into something that's much bigger now uh but you said something that that caught my ear is that you you do mainly boutique now and a lot of shop owners around the country are still hesitant to carry a lot of boutique why why did you decide to cater to boutique I, I like the boutique market. I, I, I think the boutique market feels more like a family. I mean, I have nothing against the mainstream cigars, the big cigar brands, but I like knowing who makes the cigar. I like knowing the owner of the company. And some of these companies, there's really not a particular owner with their name attached to the cigar. And I like it when, you know, I carry like the Nick cigars or, you know, other people that have their blood, sweat and tears, sweat and tears into this brand. Their it's brand. a, it's, it's a personal connection that you have with the brands and the brand owners. Is that, is that accurate? Then like Correct. you would rather have that relationship with these guys than to carry just the big guys, the usual suspects that you're just dealing with a rep. Right. James, if I, if I think, may, can I, can I ask, yeah. a, not ask a question, but make a comment that is very timely. The one thing I'll say about Jim, he is very helpful and truly is what makes this industry great because he is a part of this industry in every which way. And he loves to help people. I'll be honest with you. I got in this business and I would tell you that generally speaking, not in a bad way, but people kind of figure nobody really wants to help you out. They kind of just say, Hey man, figure it out on your own where Jim was literally for me, the first guy that actually said, and what he does. And I was just in a shop in the uh, keys uh, what's called the uh, cigars and the keys, I think, or something like that. Right. And what's that shop? He's now carrying my brands, but, uh, Danny cousins. Danny, so one thing he, um, yeah, what, is his name cousins? No, he used to, well, he's somehow still connected with the cousins. He owned the cousins shops in Ohio at one point. And he still now, does. Yeah. And he said those shops are why he's able to live down there. Uh, so the shop down there, and one thing he mentioned to me, which made so much sense. And of course, it's probably what Jim does everywhere. He happened to have his own brand. I don't know if, well, Jim knows this, but yeah. he has a brand 
uh, that he makes in the Dominican Republic. And what he told me is he was shocked that Jim wanted to carry his brand. He said, yeah, listen, you're going to carry my stuff. Let me carry yours. And Danny was like, why do you want to do that? You got to. And he's like, well, I want to support you. So what I'm saying is, you know, he tries to offer support at the same time. And I have a feeling that he's done that with just about anybody that has a shop. He wants to carry their cigars as well. I just wanted to add that in there. And I just thought the timing of it was great. As far as I have at my shop are other shops that have their house brands. So I I, want to ask you uh, this, Jim, because, you know, you said it's all about relationships and having that personal connection with these folks for you. Uh, and I, you know, as, as someone who is very recognizable in the industry, what it what does boutique mean to you? Like for because there are so many different definitions uh, out there. Whether it's you don't own your own farm, or you don't own the factory, or you don't do this, or you don't do that, or you stay below this amount. For you, what is boutique? What is what does boutique mean? Defin- I don't think anybody has a definition of a boutique. I don't think there's one out there. To me, it's building the personal relationships with the person that owns that brand. Uh, and being able to just talk to them and tell a story when somebody comes into my shop and wants to buy that cigar, I can say, well, yeah, I know this guy. Here's a story about him and that. But I, I don't know. I don't know if there is a definition for boutique. So you said bring a, you know, the story about the guy. Is it, I've always said that cigar smokers would buy a story. That's what they, they don't buy cigars. They buy stories. Is that true? Do you think that's true? And the person, it's the old thing. It's the experience. It's not. It's not the sale of cigars. Experience. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Nick. No, it's and and the people behind the cigar. I mean, why people enjoy smoking different cigars? You know, look. And there's five. I've always said there's five thousand million different blends and brands out there. But when you buy a particular cigar, you're buying that particular person's story, his background, and what it offers to the cigar. And that's what I think what makes the the boutique brands so unique in that way in my experience and, and and jim you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but in my experience and it's again not a knock on the bigger guys like some of you know they're they're very good but i'm i i'm a boutique guy i like boutique cigars more so than i like the, the mainstream stuff for me i've always found that boutique cigars are it's quality over quantity where maybe with some of the bigger guys, it's quantity over quality. Would you say that's true in your? Eh, I don't think so. I think everybody is making really great cigars. I just think it's a story for me that I can tell along when somebody's purchasing that cigar. I would not. I would never knock anybody's cigar because I think there's a market for everything everybody is making. I would agree with that. And I think I've said that if a cigar comes to market, there's a market for it. If it's able to get through all the testing like there's someone somewhere is going to love that cigar. May not be my taste, but somebody's going to like. Exactly, and that's why this is so great because it is it's such a subjective uh, hobby. Everybody has their has their favorites. Let's talk about. So I want to go back to the leaf and bean. The second part in that name is the bean. Are you big into coffee? We roast our own coffee right in our shop. See, so there we, we go. The green coffee beans, and we roast them every day. How many blends do you have? Probably about fifteen different blends. Yeah, see, I need to get to the leaf and bean and try the coffee. I'm 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 becoming a coffee guy, as Nick can tell you, as like, I am as I, well. Yeah, <laughs> like both of us have just kind of uh, dove into this this whole coffee thing. Have you always been a coffee head? 
uh, I wouldn't call myself a coffee head. It just sounded, <laughs> it made sense when I opened the shop to be a leaf and bean to make have coffee and cigars. Um, so I found this machine that I can roast one pound of coffee at a time. Uh, and we can roast maybe 30 pounds a day. It takes about 15 minutes a pound, but you're also running the shop at the same time. So we don't really wholesale our coffee, but we make it for our in-store customers. And it's also the coffee we use because we do all the cappuccinos, frappuccinos and that kind of stuff for the drinks and stuff. Uh, and it, it makes the store smell really good when you're roasting coffee and sitting there smoking cigars. Oh, I can I can imagine. I, yeah, that's now someplace I, I've got to get to uh, this year just to check it out, drink some coffee, smoke some cigars uh, at the Leaf and Bean uh, in Pittsburgh. And they go together so well, James. I mean, that's yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So we, is that your favorite pairing, uh, Jim? Is a coffee and a cigar? No, uh, Heineken. No, Heineken. <laughs> I could, I could <laughs> answer that one for you. <laughs> As could many people. Yeah, uh, there you go. See, I didn't know that uh, you were a Heineken guy. I used to love yeah. Heineken yeah. back in the day. So I can't pair beer and cigars. Like I can't. For me, it doesn't work. It doesn't hit my palate right. I mean, coffee I'm not really one of those pairing people when people come in and say what would you pair with this cigar I said, well what do you like to drink i could tell you to, to pair uh, uh scotch with it but if you don't like scotch you're not going to enjoy it so that's true that's true so let's talk now uh, a little bit more about business so you said that the uh leaf by oscar was your first um your own cigar that you put out yourself and you put it out with oscar yeah. what was that process like for you as somebody who's going from a shop owner to now a brand owner, like what does that process look like? What were some of the some of the uphill battles you you faced? Well, I didn't go into it with the anticipation that I would have a brand. I went into it just to make a house cigar. So it wasn't a, it was we weren't anticipating that we were going to have a brand that was going to be carried in almost every shop in the country. Uh, it was just to be my house cigar. When I did wow. my first run with Oscar. Um, Oscar and I have a difference of uh, memory. He, I remember ordering 5,000 sticks to start with. He thinks I ordered 10,000 sticks to start with. Uh, but when, I, when I brought him, when I when Oscar got the cigars ready, and I have actually had a group down to uh, Honduras with me at visiting a Rocky factory. So I had all these guys carry as many cigars as they could legally put, put in their suitcase <laughs> and bring them back. I didn't even ship them through the, the right way. Wow. Uh, and I got, I probably got back to my shop with about 4,000 sticks and I sold all those cigars in less than a month, which I thought those were going to last me a year. <laughs> Jeez. And then I started getting calls from other store owners because, you know, we're in a tourist location. People would come to us or come to our shop and take it back to their home store and say, look what I found. Look what I found. I got probably 50 phone calls from other uh, retailers asking me if I would wholesale my cigar. And I kept saying, no, no, no. And then finally I called Oscar and said, Oscar, everybody wants a cigar. Can we make more? So we made more and that's how it all started. So it, Where it, did, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't, I didn't mean to cut you off. It, we didn't, we didn't go in it with the plan that we were, you know, making a brand that we were going to distribute now or internationally. Uh, it was just going to be this little stick for this house. So it was a very organic process where it grew from a house stick to like almost a household name. Everybody knows Leaf by Oscar. If uh, I would have, if I would have had to go into it with it, with the, like a business plan mindset, I probably never would have done it. Cause I would have, I would have been overwhelmed with all the processes that you go through. But to me, it just happened organically. It just one step fell into another step. 
and that and when that happens it's much easier to kind of compartmentalize things and not not be so overwhelmed with some of the processes but one of the processes is marketing and this has a great marketing i don't want to say gimmick because i I feel like that no 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 james you can say gimmick because even jim says gimmick it's a gimmick but the bottom line is the gimmick the gimmick gets you then the cigar keeps you so absolutely that's kind of what it is The, the cigars are so good and i'll be honest jim and this isn't uh, a blowing smoke, but when I first started smoking cigars five, six years ago, that was one of the cigars that I would always gravitate towards to. It was either the Connecticut or the Sumatra, but the Leaf by Oscar, anytime I saw it in a shop, I'm like, well, I'm going to, I know I'm going to enjoy this. So I'm going to sit down and do this, smoke this because I want to have that experience. Instead of trying something new, I was, I was, I don't want to say used to it, but it was something I knew I was going to like. Um, but the gimmick of wrapping it in a tobacco leaf where did that come from and and was there a fight around it was it or was everybody like this is genius well a lot of the people other manufacturers told me i was stupid for wasting tobacco and it's like really i'm not wasting it. i'm charging people for it i mean it's whether they can smoke it or not i don't care but it's not like i'm giving it away or wasting it it's it's part of the uh part of right. the car so the, I, I heard that back in the beginning from several different uh, manufacturers and I also heard from one of the biggest manufacturers, and this was at a TAA convention in the Dominican Republic. Uh, one of the biggest guys said to me that I pay my guys a million dollars a year in research and develop to come up with new ideas. And you're this little guy in Pittsburgh that got this idea that's probably the, the biggest idea he's ever seen. So, but uh, Oscar is actually the one that came up with the idea of the leaf. He had, he'd seen, uh, Oscar's really big into his country's culture, uh, the Mayans. And he had a picture of a Mayan mummy that had a cigar in his hand that looked like it was rolled in tobacco, like wrapped wow. in a tobacco leaf. So right. that's where the idea came from. And Oscar really initiated or introduced the cigar in his 2012 series before I had my brand. He had the 2012, which was the end of the Mayan calendar. And there was 20 regular cigars in this box. And there was one of the cigars wrapped in a leaf on the 21st day of December, I believe was what the end of the Mayan calendar was. You were supposed to, supposed, which was going to be the last day of the world because that's when their calendar ran. Right. Yeah. I thought we, everyone thought we were going to die. Yeah. yeah. So that was, but I, when Oscar, Oscar showed me that and, and it was at the same time, I said, I want you to make me a cigar, uh, but I want my cigar wrapped in a leaf like that. That's such a, it's such a simple idea that nobody thought of before. And it, and it really kind of took off uh, and put both you and Oscar um, on, on the map. So Leaf by Oscar is your first cigar. But I'll never forget, again, it's not a gimmick because there's so many out there that do it, but the Island Gym, like that cigar with the shaggy foot, it always sticks out in my mind as one of the first cigars. I'm like, oh, well, this is different than all of the other cigars too. What 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 made you want to come out with something called the Island Gym? Like it's like and we'll get to this, but it's like coming out with the with the Nick or the Nick and Jim. It's very well. I'm just going to put my name on the damn cigar. Uh, I had well. First, I got to give credit to Eddie Ortega because Eddie Ortega is the one that nicknamed me Island Jim. I don't know if you remember several years ago he had his Wild Bunch series, which it was a different cigar every month for the for the calendar year. So it was sort of like a pinup calendar of different cigars for every month. And I was one of the people he'd asked. 
This was before I had Leaf by Oscar. This was before I had uh, my Island Gym. So he made the original Island Gym. And then when he finished that series, I said, can I have my name back? So he gave me my name back and uh, I came up with my own Island Gym. But I wanted it to be a torpedo and I wanted it to, uh, and, you know, and you think of a number two torpedo. I always think Monte Cristo number two. Yeah. So I, I, so I'm going to make a Monte, or I'm going to make an Island Gym number two, but it's going to look like a number two pencil. So the shaggy, the shaggy foot is the eraser, and the the black tip is the lid. Is the there you go. So that's why we call See, it. The, I, I never knew that. That's that's pretty. That's pretty cool. So the Island Gym. When you look at the Island Gym, obviously you're you're on the band. There's kind of like this island feel to it, right? This laid back. Is that you? Are you always laid back and chill and living that island life, so to speak, where everything kind of slows down? I think so. And the wife sitting over here in the corner would probably tell you that I am, too. (laughs) (laughs) Mind you, this from a man that lives in a very non-tropical area of Pittsburgh. Of Pittsburgh, right. When I think of island, I do not think of Pittsburgh. That is the last place I think about. But, uh, you know, we were talking beforehand, uh, and you travel quite a bit, Jim. A little bit. A little bit. But you don't try. How often do you travel for, for your brand, for, for the cigars? Like, how often do you do that? Or do you just pick up and go? I might do, uh, well, Oscar wants to change this. Oscar wants me to start doing some more traveling. But I might do four events a year. I think I saw you at the Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. I do the Rocky Mountain every year. I love the Rocky Mountain Festival. That's one of my favorite festivals out there. I'll be it doing, is a, yeah, I'll be doing the Great Smoke here uh, in March. Uh, Abe's Abe's uh, event. Yep. Nice. So you only do a couple of events a year, so you travel a little bit. We've talked about Oscar. We've talked about the Island Gym. Now I want to bring Nick in because I, I want to ask Nick how you how how did you meet Island Gym? How did you and Jim Robinson like? become friends and i know you've told the story on the show about the nick and jim uh and how that came about but so we'll get bring jim in for that but nick how, how did you meet jim and jim can either deny <laughs> confirm or confirm, deny <laughs> deny or tell me i'm full of shit but this is how i remember it um as you know i go to cuba regularly and at the time was there practically every month and i don't know which time Jim was there as like a second or third time. I ran into him. It was during, I think, the festival. And uh, we met at the National in the back where the bar is. And one of the best places, if you ever can have a cigar somewhere, a great place to have a cigar is on the terrace of the National. So I meet him there at the bar and I see him smoking. I, I really didn't know who he was. I think I knew the brand. And um, Jim was running out of cigars the way I remember it. And the one thing he told me, he's like, yeah, I don't smoke Cubans because I think I might have offered him a Cuban first. And he's like, I go, you're in Cuba, but you don't smoke Cuban cigars. Okay. I said, well, would you want to respect that? So I said, would you want to try one of mine? And he said, great, because I really am running out. So gave him one of mine. And then uh, he's like, hey, that was pretty good. Can I get another one? And basically, I kept feeding him my cigars to keep him going. I was happy that he was enjoying them. I, I do get a lot of pleasure. People enjoy my cigars as most brand owners do. And so gave him a bunch of cigars and uh, I'll let Jim continue the story after that. 
Is that true, Jim? Did you did you just keep asking for more of Nick? Well, cigars? I think I gave him to him more than asked, but yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay, so okay, so he didn't really ask. You were just like, no, Here, he asked. Smoke. He asked initially, and then he's like, "Hey, it's pretty good." And I made sure he was he was well uh, well kept in LH cigars. Well, 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 well stocked in LH. LH cigars. He made sure yeah. I didn't run out of cigars, which was was, was appreciative. And, and his are they are good cigars. I do like his cigars. We carry his cigars on our shop. Uh, we sell him very well. I mean, we like his brand. And well, that that was the beauty so, of it. He comes up to me at the end of the week or whatever, and I'm like, "Hey, nice to meet you. It was great." He's like, "Hey, listen, uh, do you sell this cigar in the U.S.?" Because he knew I was predominantly an international brand. I said, "Yeah, I just kind of started." He goes, "Well, I'd love to carry it to my shop." And I'm like, "Hey, man, we'll make that happen." And then that happened. So that happened all in the same trip. You met him. Well, that's Jim. Him cigars. Jim is not much. When he makes a decision, he's like, yeah, let me carry, you know, most people, let me, no, he's like, hey, let me try your cigars. We'll bring them into the shop. Well, my oh, mindset yeah. from my retail side is I'll try anybody's cigar in my shop. And normally when, when I meet somebody that maybe I don't really know them that well or hadn't heard of them, but they have this brand, sometimes I don't even smoke the cigar, but I'll say, here's my credit card, put together a $1,500, $2,000 order, send them to me. If they sell, I'll order more. If they don't, at least we tried. I wish more lounge owners were like that because a lot of them don't want to put up that initial cost to try something new and have it fail. But if you you, you don't know until you try. And, and with Boutique really Cigars. Absolutely. And that's what that's how people find boutique cigars is it's usually either word of mouth or oh well this is different. This is new. Let me let me try this. So is that let's get back to that story of, of you uh meeting Nick, your first encounter with uh, Mr. Cirrus. Is that all true? As as I remember it, yeah. Okay. I don't I don't right. see any flaws in his story. <laughs> oh thanks, Jim. <laughs> I've been telling it for a few years, so good to know. <laughs> I probably so, heard it and now I believe it. Oh, there, there you go. Right. There it is. <laughs> Just, you know, you say it so much, it'll eventually be true, right? Uh, so how did the Nick and Jim come about? Who are you asking, me or Jim? Oh, that's Jim. Like, Jim, how did, how, how did that come about? And then Nick, you could either confirm or deny. Oh, there you go. Originally, it was going to be called a different name. It was going to be called uh, La Vida Isla. Is that right, Nick? That's right. Go ahead. Which is uh, where we're going to combine our two brands between the Island Gym and uh, and Nick Cigar. Lavita. Uh, and have it come out with a Lavita Isla, which was going to be made and packaged similar to the Island Gym. Uh, but then we ran into a trademark issue with that name. So we just said, all right, well, we've already made the cigars. Let's just call them Nick and Jim PBE, which stands for pre band edition, until we mm-hmm. decide what we're going to do with it. And that's been what five six years ago. We still haven't decided really what two thousand seventeen. If I can add to Jim's story, Jim again being the helpful person that he is, came to me and said, "You know, Nick, your cigars sell pretty well. You you seem to make pretty decent cigars. I really would like to help you." And it really was. Jim doesn't need to make cigars with other people or collaborate. Uh, he does it to really help. I mean, okay, okay, he's making money at the same time. I'm not saying he's just a complete charity case, but honestly, he was doing it to help people. So he said, Nick, I'd love to get people to get to know you as a blender out there. Uh, what about making a cigar with me? And I said, man, that's, of course, I'd be all in it, you know, and uh, I was happy to do that. So what we try to do, the Levita Isla, 
I think Jim, was that my idea? The name Levita East? I'm pretty sure it was. Cause I, I think it was, was. Really, yeah, because I was really behind it. Cause Levita of course means life, la vida in Spanish and Island Jim, you know, Isla. So I said, you know what? Jim's all about the Island life. So we'll call this cigar Island life in Spanish. And, uh, I was all up. I had logos created and I had branding ideas, even though Jim's really the, the master there, whether by designer by whatever you want to call it. He's, he's obviously had a few hits on his hands. So I was trying to come up with this great idea and we literally, we just announced it before the trade show and we got hit with this cease and desist. And fortunately, believe it or not, we actually got around it, you know, that, that suit kind of went away, but Jim's like, you know what? Look, I, I really don't care what we call it. Let's just call it the Nick and Jim. And we added the PB. It was really close to the show um, having a band and this and that. And I said, you know what, before, oh, what we, what it was, was before we were going to actually wait for the suit to officially go away. Um, we would decide to call it temporarily the pre-band edition, as Jim said. And it, I, this part wasn't me, but it was genius, you know, uh, add a, just the white paper band. If you ever try a cigar, a blend, um, you know, usually, There'll be a handwritten or a typed thing on it that says, you know, Liga number two, Liga number four. So everything was tongue in cheek with the Nick and Jim, where it was a white paper band. It, I went on the Internet and found, you know, the wackiest, crookedest uh, font I could find that said Nick and Jim added the PBE on it, which that was a whole nother thing. People are going to go, what's PBE? And of course, people were calling it the PB and J and this and that. So we put it on the we put it on the band. Even the box, um, very basic, but yet on the side, it said LH logo will go here with an arrow. The other side said Island Gym logo will go here with an arrow. So it was made to look like not ready for prime time. And initially, we were going to do 20,000 sticks. And then by that point, we were going to come up with a new name or go back to La Vida Isla because I really love the name. And I think Jim did as well. But then if I remember this correctly, Jim, I said, Jim, are you ready to make it La Vida Isla? And Jim said, are you kidding me? This is working. Why would we change anything? Let it ride. And we've been letting it ride ever since. You have, you seem to have, Jim, a, a very good instincts when it comes to business. Whether it's like, it's not like it's by design. Things just kind of happen and you go with your gut and things work out very well. And you're very successful at it. Is that... Like, is, is, or, or am I way off base and you actually, you have a plan and you're very meticulous or, or is it just no, go with my gut? <laughs> I wish I had a plan. I have no plans. You know what? I've taken that as a role model, honestly, in so many ways for my own, you know, journey in this, in this business, when something happens organic, there's the gods, the, the you know, the stars align, something happens. And for me, yeah. Everything has been very organic, you know, with my ties to Cuba, to taking off of that. And and I find that the more you do organically, I mean, there's a lot of people that have a different approach and obviously are very successful as well. But I, I do believe the organic way seems to work. It definitely worked for Jim. And it's been doing it, okay it does, for me. Yeah, it's, it's worked for both of you. Uh, but Jim, like, it is really the island life. It is, eh, let's go with this because this seems to look good. Like, let's not worry about what the what the band's going to look like. Let's not worry about what the box is going to look like. Let's just, you know, this kind of works. Let's just put it out. Does that frustrate the people around you who are trying to, 
like for example, Oscar and Nick, where they're they're like, hey, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, and I have a plan, and I have a plan, and you're like, mm, let's just do this. I don't know. Are you frustrated, Nick? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I definitely take a backseat when it comes, whether it's as Jim would say, by luck or by utter sheer um, design, you know, by, of a grand scheme. Jim has been very, um, he's been spot on. I mean, Jim didn't mention it, but I believe he told me that Oscar initially was not really for putting a leaf. Like the other people said, why would you want to waste a leaf on all these cigars? He was against it. And, um, you know, Jim said, no, I want, that's the way I want it. And that's the way it happened. He also didn't mention uh, that Oscar initially didn't even want his name on it. As, as I never would have thought I would have put my name on a cigar. That wasn't my right. plan. Right. You know, I never thought of making, but you know what? He was right. And Oscar, you know, he will, whether he admits or not, that's what made him, you know, the leaf by Oscar yep. made him and made his reputation because his name was on that cigar. Initially, when, when we, we came up with this cigar with Oscar and he was making it for my shop and it's going to be called the leaf and bean and, you know, Pretty much at the last minute, uh, going back to the story of the Rocky Patel trips, I took probably 500 people over eight years from my shop to uh, Rocky's factory. And they all knew Oscar because Oscar was Rocky's bus driver. He was the one to pick us us up at the airport, take us over to the mountains to the factory, take us out to dinner at night and do all the tours and all that. So everybody knew Oscar. So when I came up with a scar, I said, I want to be called Leaf and Bean by Oscar. And there's still a few of those bundles floating around out there. Not a lot. I see one every once in a while. Uh, but when I went to Oscar, so I want your name on there. And he says, no, 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 no. I'm not a padrone. I can't put my name on a cigar. Nobody knows who I am. I says, Oscar, the only way I'm going to order this cigar is with your name, because that's how I'm going to sell them in my shop, because they're going to remember. They're going to want that smart cigar to have that memory come back to them while they're smoking that cigar with you. So, Absolutely. It took some arguing with Oscar to get it done, but got it done. And I think Oscar is appreciative today that I stuck to my guns and had his name put on that cigar. You know, I, I listening to Nick talk about you and, and talk about how you interact, not just with him, but with Oscar and with people in and around the industry and how you, you want to create those, those networks and those relationships. I want to talk a little bit about the industry because depending on who you talk to, the industry is very, welcoming to, to to the new brands and they'll help people out or they're not like it's just it's very people have very different experiences in and around the industry do you go out of your way to help these folks these new folks and go out of the way to help these people that you build the relationships with and if so why because sure you're going to make a little bit of money but that island life right just relax this just seems like it's more of a headache sometimes than it should be I don't know if I go out of my way. Um, I like working with people. <laughs> I think it I'm sounds like, to me like you kind of go out of your way. No, yeah, I like working. I, I like I, new projects. I actually have a few projects that I should be working on right now that people have, that, you know, other manufacturers have asked me to be involved with um, that I has, just haven't finished yet. Uh, because I like to come up with an idea and have it implemented tomorrow. I'm not one of these guys that wants to come up with an idea and then I have to put a year's worth of work into it. I'm, I don't want a, that time period. Yeah. And when I get to these projects that seem like they're going to be too long and too involved, I'd rather go on to something else. 
don't know if that move answers on. the question. But it, it, it does. Do you find that the industry as a whole, uh, I'll just ask for your opinion, as a whole is more welcoming or more uh, it's kind of a close family already? We don't need any more. No, I think it's welcoming. I think it's very welcoming. Uh, I, I like that I can call almost every manufacturer that I know and ask a favor or they are they they're free to call and ask me a favor if they need it. Uh, I like that. And there's a few, very few other industries out there that you can do that. Oh, for sure. It's and we all very... we, we all are competitors, but we're all in for the common common goal of smoking cigars and enjoying life. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the way it should be. It should be more of the 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 common. I mean, that's what this is all about, right? It's about community. It's about being able to sit down with uh, somebody. And it doesn't matter who they are. I always say from kings to street sweepers and everyone in between can sit down, enjoy a cigar and have a conversation. And everyone's on the level playing field. James, Do you remember I, your first cigar? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, go I was going to add to that, that this is an industry that I can honestly say there's really nobody that makes cigars or is in the cigar business in any capacity that doesn't want to do it because they love or at some level enjoy cigars. Because the reality is there's a lot easier ways to make a buck, right? But if you love, if you love what you do, you don't have to work a day in your life. And Jim is the perfect example of that, you know, and I enjoy my life uh, for what I do. And I think everybody that's in this industry is doing it because there's a passion. So it is a very small and tight knit community in that sense. So everybody appreciates that the guy that's coming in, even the newbie, He's not doing it just to, you know, you know, revolutionize the world. He wants to make his mark, whether it's small, bigger, what have you, uh, in the industry. So, yes, it is very, uh, very, very welcoming in that regard. And as far as Jim not going out of his way, yeah, I wouldn't say going out of his way, but he's never been one to avoid something. You know, if you're going to use an analogy, if there's a dollar in front of him, he's not going to walk by it. He's going to pick it up. And then even offer it back to the person that dropped it where, you know, there's a, there's a uniqueness to that. So he is. Very, there's an opportunity there. He, he, he do you he, see everything he, he as an opportunity. Do you recognize those opportunities? Cause it seems like you do, like you have a gift, Jim, where an opportunity is presented to you and you are very able, uh, very quickly able to determine whether or not this is something that will be advantageous, not only just for you, but for the person that it may be involved with that. I'm not afraid to roll the dice. If I see, if I see something I think is a good idea, I'm not afraid, afraid to uh, put a little bit of investment into it, whether it's time or money and see if we can make it happy, happen. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm just not afraid to roll the dice. No, I think that's a good way. I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, that's and, very true. Yeah. And if you want to, if you want to be successful, you've got to be able, you've got to be able to, to take those chances and roll the dice and be able to go, well, well, we tried, we failed, or, you know what? We made it work. And you know what? I'll add to that, James. I wouldn't bet against him. No, I don't think I would at this point either. Just everything I know about Jim. Sometimes that I wonder, and that'll bring up to the next thing. I always wonder, I go, man, I don't know if this is a great idea, but Jim wants to do it. You know what? I'm not going to bet against. I'm him. Yeah, I'm exactly. in. I'm in. Exactly. I, I'll, I'll bet with him, not against him. Yeah. What's what? What's next for uh, Island Jim Robinson? Like, what are you up to? What are some of the new things going on? Um, 
What do you got for us? Well, I'm, I'm working on a new cigar, hopefully sometime middle of this year that we'll come out, come out with out of Nick's factory. Um, <clears throat> I think the cigars were already produced. It's just me getting ready, the artwork and the boxes and all that kind of stuff ready for the labels. So that'll hopefully be up, coming out later this year. Um, got a new Island gym coming out in uh, March Island gym, Connecticut. That'll be released nice. at the, uh, at Abe's great smoke. So that'll be the first place that that's offered. Nice. Jim, do you want to offer I the name? Do you want to offer the name of the, our, our uh, the new, new cigar? One, naughty hooker. Yeah. The, na- naughty, the naughty, naughty, naughty hooker. It's like nautical, nautical, nautical hooker. Well, it's a, it's a, like a name of a friend's boat. When I oh, see it, I was on his boat, I seen the what? name of the boat and says, that would be a good name for a cigar because it ties into the nautical and it also ties into the. Oh. Yeah. I'll be yeah. honest. When I first heard it, I was like, <laughs> ah, Jim, uh, you want to call this cigar the naughty hooker? And he's like, yep. And then he told me about, and I actually saw the boat and the actual, you know, branding of this boat made a lot of sense where there was actually a hook and it's a nautical as in naughty and n-a-u-t-i so i go okay that makes sense you know what i mean and the the double entendre going on um but i was like okay i you know i would never venture to (laughs) to make a cigar called the audio hooker but nor would i right right yeah but um and we wanted to do something different um Size-wise, this is something that Jim has not, far as I know, has done a preferito. Other, well, he, you know, he's got his torpedoes, but this cigar is going to be what what I'm calling a short Solomon. It's six by fifty-eight, um, and of course, I use some of the signature tobaccos that I use, but in a blend. Jim, of course, not only is a uh, part of the the process, but approves whatever blend there is. And the same thing we did with the Nick and Jim, you know, we went through a lot of different revisions initially with the Nick and Jim, because it was going to be a marrying of the two, you know, the, the Island Jim and, and the, uh, the La Vida Havana. I was trying to come up with a blend that incorporated, you know, Honduran tobacco, because that's Jim's signature tobacco with Oscar. Right. And then the stuff that I use, which is more of the Nicaraguan, Peruvian, Dominican, Brazilian blends that I've gotten accustomed to using and, and, and doing blends with. And I tried and I kept, you know, I kept giving Jim stuff and he's like, nah, this isn't what I'm. And he was right because for me, the mixture of those two tobaccos just didn't work right. I, I, you know, I, you know, people called me a master blender and I always say, no, I I'm learning to blend. I've been doing it now for yeah, like eight plus years, but it's a learning process. I love it. And I couldn't get it to work. The reality is I couldn't get it to work. And, and it was taking longer than Jim wanted. As he says, he doesn't want to make a long process. And Jim's like, I, just just do what you know what to do. Just do what you like. And then from there, we went to different revisions. We landed on a blend. And I am happy to report that I knew that even if we didn't sell one stick, I knew Jim was going to like it. And I said to him, Jim, I don't know if this is going to sell, but I know you're going to like it and you're going to smoke it, I hope. And that's really, uh, I'm happy that Jim smokes it. He smokes it uh, regularly, um, and he, I think he likes it. I want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> a couple of days, just a few. <laughs> yeah. How many cigars? I don't want to, I, I, you know, I don't want to know which ones you smoke, but how many cigars do you smoke in a day, Jim? I don't really count. 
but I smoke from the time I get up to the time I go to bed. Yeah, that is such an island life answer right there. I don't know. I don't count. I just smoke when I get up. Stop when I go to bed. And I tell that exact same that. story. People ask me. I go, yeah. Like, listen, what I do that when I'm in Cuba, uh, and when I'm on the road, especially in Cuba. I literally, I love. I can't do that. You know, Jim literally wakes up in the morning and lights a cigar in his house. Unfortunately, I don't have that privilege, so. I don't smoke as often as Jim. Not if I could, maybe I would. Uh, but literally in Cuba, that's why I love Cuba so much. Because literally, when I wake up, I light a cigar, and literally when I'm in bed, ready to go to sleep, I got a cigar in my hand. And I put it down. To me, that is Nirvana. You know, it's it's amazing, and I love it, that. that would, that's that's what I want to do. I would love to do that. The five year old does not let me do that. So, but I do have my own little sanctuary down here now. Oh. Uh, that the wife has graciously let me have. There's no smell in the house. Maybe one day we'll we'll do a, a how how we did it kind of thing uh, with the studio. But uh, I do uh, I do enjoy now not having to brave the elements here in the Midwest. Um, Jim, I know there's a little bit. There's some rumors out there about some things going on. I don't know. Did you want to address that again? Like this this episode will will, will release February first. Did you want to kind of just a short, maybe little thing of what's going on with, uh, with the company? Yeah, I'm sure by the time this airs, there'll be more rumors floating around. Uh, first off, I got to thank Oscar and Byron and Alvaro and all my sales guys that have worked for me over the years. Because uh, to, to, they're really the ones that helped grow this brand. I mean, I'm just the guy that sits around, drinks beer and smokes cigars. But they're the ones that really help, help this brand get off, off the ground and make it international. Uh, so Oscar, Byron, Elro, you guys, the whole factory has done a fantastic job. Uh, couldn't be more proud of them. Uh, but Oscar and I, uh, almost since day one, you know, I, we, I came out with a leap by Oscar first. And then about a year or two later, Oscar followed with his, with his OV brands. Uh, but we've sort of been separated. We haven't, uh, we haven't combined our forces, uh, I'm getting a little bit older. Actually, I found out yesterday I lost a year of my life. So uh, that's another story. So I'm actually a year oh, wow. older today than I was yesterday. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> it's time for me to uh, let Oscar run run the show a little bit. So we've 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 merged. I'm still in the game. I'm going to be around for the in the game for the next three to five years. But I'm going to l- let Oscar take it and run with it for a while and see see where things go. So, you know, one of the questions I normally ask, Jim, is where do you see yourself in five years? And it sounds like in five years you you want to be out of the industry. You want to be retired. You want to be doing your own thing. What does that look like for you? What does that look like for Island Jim? What does retirement look like for Island Jim? I don't think I'll ever retire. I mean, I still have my store. I'll still have other brands, um, small brands. I don't want to have another big brand, I don't think. I, I like I like dabbling in the business. I like, inter, you know, interacting with the people in the industry. Uh but I, uh, I'm not a big guy that likes to go to the trade shows. And, you know, you got to do that in this industry. Yeah. And, you know, I don't mind going to an event here and there, but I, I'd i rather have other people do that stuff. I don't, I don't want to do that. So in five years, what am I going to do? Probably the same thing I'm doing today. I'll be sitting on my back porch here in Florida, smoking my cigar and drinking my beer and riding my bicycle. Nothing I wrong with that. I could have answered that, James. Um Jim is living his best life. You know, I've always said that when Jim, hopefully in a long, long time, when he 
moves on to the next phase of the afterlife or whatever it is. You know what his afterlife is going to be? What he's doing right now. Doing right now. Yeah. This is his This is his uh, best life. So uh, he's not going to retire. He's going to do the same thing he's doing, you know, in some way or another till the day he dies. And hopefully me too. No, that's, I think that's what everybody kind of wants, right? If you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And, and it's pretty obvious, Jim, that you, uh, you have not worked in a long time because you love what you do. And it's, 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 uh, it's great. You did say though, I, I have to, like, I was just going to let it go, but you talked about, you don't like to go to the PCA. And I know, uh, that, uh, Nick doesn't like to go to the PCA either. You guys are kind of birds of a feather that way, but why, why are you not a big fan of these big trade shows? I love the socializing at the trade shows. Um, I just, I don't like the hassle. I don't, I don't like the, uh, you know, PCA or the, uh, what is it? The shepherd union will probably get pissed at me for this, but I don't like the hassle of setting up a booth and all the little fees you got to pay. And I don't like the fly. So every time I go drive, uh, uh, I like hanging out at the circle bar. Yeah. But I just don't like the, and I like meeting the retailers. Most of it I like. I just don't like the hassle you got to go through to get there to do it. It does seem like there are a lot of hoops you have to jump through, even for media, to be able to go and where you can go when you, and when you can go and where you can be and where you can't be. And and it always seems to me like I'm always bothering people because well, they're trying to do they're they're trying to do sales right. They're trying to do business, and I'm sitting there going, "Hey, come get on camera for just five minutes and talk about your stuff." And I always feel like I'm a bother, so. I'm not a big fan of these shows either, but it's kind of like, you know, well, if, if I can gotta... add, if I can add to that, James, I, I was going to the trade show for a number of years as a retailer, as I had the lounges in the middle East. And it went from being my favorite time of the year. I used to look forward to these shows. Like yeah. I can't wait to see these people that you see once or twice a year and socialize with them, hang out, smoke cigars. And it was great when you're just buying cigars, you know, it's great. Um, all, as Jim mentioned, all these stuff that surrounds that stuff, um, makes it more of a burden and stress. Um, but yeah, I, I love it when I was wearing the media hats and doing interviews. I love it when I was a buyer, but actually, you know, hawking your wares and that it's, it's, it's work. That part's work. It's a grind. It's a grind. It's a grind, sure. right? Yeah. We've like, when some- was the last, th- go ahead. We, we, well, we've done some a lot of shows. Actually, I haven't done a show since pre-COVID. My company's been there, but I personally haven't been there. Uh, but the wife and I, when we were doing all the shows, we've always, always had a very, very successful show. Uh, she gambles too much, so I lose a lot of money every time we go to Vegas. So I wish they would move it somewhere else. Uh, I'm not saying ma- mean things about the show. I personally just don't like doing them. Uh, I've had some great experiences at the shows and I will probably be at the show this year. Oh, nice. Nice. So you will, uh, maybe yes. you're not going <laughs> to commit. It's a maybe. And I get that. Uh, hopefully uh, you are. Uh, and uh, you know, you can have everybody else do the grind and you can just yeah. hang out and uh, have a good time with us. Uh, I think Nick and I are going uh, along with uh, uh, several of the writers at uh, simply so if there's one thing, I, I, I want to end, end uh, the interview with this, Jim. If there's one thing that you want consumers and retailers to know about you, about your brands, about what it is you do, what would that be? There's, there's people behind me that make me look good. 
I am, I am. Melody is, does all the work in, in, in our company or she has up until I fired her last week because with this merger, her, her position is changing, but she, she has done all the work for years on keeping the, the brokers happy, keeping my shops running, uh, everything. Uh, and Oscar and Byron and Alvaro, they, they, you know, they've kept the cigars coming in, the distribution going out. So they're the ones that really deserve most of the credit, or I should say all the credit. I'm just like the face. Uh, and Nothing I, wrong it, with being the face I of the place. drink beer and smoke cigars. I mean, that's what I do. Yeah, but there's something to be said about that, right? Because you are living, you are the embodiment of what most cigar smokers want to be when they grow up, right? They want to just be able to sit around, smoke cigars and drink beer. And so that's what you sell in your cigars. It's the story behind it, right? It's the, yeah, it's Island Jim. It's Island Jim for a reason because it's the island life and this is what I do and I am the embodiment of it. And it's kind of refreshing to see that instead of, you know, I'm selling this facade. No, this is just who I am. There's no facade when it comes to Jim. He is who he is. No. No. Down to earth, humble, doesn't want to take any, like he just, he takes things as they come. And he doesn't want a lot of the credit. Uh, and that's I think that's refreshing. And I think the, the cigar industry needs more of that. And I think that's probably why uh, you're one of the icons in the industry, Jim. Everybody, you say Island Jim. You walk into a shop, you go Island Jim. They go, oh, yeah, I know who that is. I know exactly who that is. Even though he's not wearing his hat and trademark uh, glasses. <laughs> sunglasses. What I call what I like. To, I'll put it on. For the- I call it the, the, the costume or the uniform, whatever. The uniform, right? right? This, this is Jim. If he takes a picture, he's got to have the glasses and the hat on. <laughs> ah, that is the, awesome. That's the iconic Island Jim. Right there. Island Jim Robinson. Jim, thank you so much for taking the time to sit thank down you, with uh, myself and, and Nick today and tell us a little bit about your story uh, behind uh, your brands, uh, behind the leaf and bean. And guys, if you get a chance to go out to Pittsburgh, I'm telling you, this is on the short list of places I want to get to uh, before I die. Uh, is the Leaf and Bean uh, in Pittsburgh. So hopefully this year uh, I'll be able to make it out. Maybe I can talk Nick into coming out with me. I think you, can, like do you, that. you can do that. Yeah, you got nothing going on, Nick. No. I'll let you know, Jim. Are you? When, when, when's the next time you're going to be in Pittsburgh? Maybe uh, June. That's the question. When it's warmer? <laughs> when, it's, <laughs> when it's much warmer? Yeah, we're in Florida <laughs> till uh, June, and then we'll pass through uh, Pittsburgh in June on our way out west. And we'll be spending like five months out west and then back to Pittsburgh around November. Yeah, I, I don't fly either. I, I'm with you. I drive. I, I enjoy the drive. I enjoy the scenery. I enjoy the people that I meet. Uh, flying just seems so impersonal. And I, it's not the flying that I hate. It's the controlled crash that you do every time you land. Mm. Well, That's what I get. It's the hassle of going through security anymore for me. I just don't. Yeah. Plus, not getting there early. I'd rather drive and see the countryside than to fly over it. Yeah, and, and you know what? I'm afraid to fly. I'm not afraid to fly. I just don't want to fly. And the no, way, I'm afraid to fly, but I just I, I want to see the countryside too. And the way Jim sees the countryside, I've I've taken some pretty long road trips with Jim, and you know he avoids the highways. It's all back roads. You know he drives his iconic jeeps, uh, which he's big on, and just you know those windy roads. Smoking cigars and just chilling out. It's it's not a bad time. Not a bad you know, time. you mentioned the Jeeps, Nick. And, and the, when, I, when I saw Island Jim at the uh, Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, not this last year, but the year before, I saw the Jeep driving up. And I'm like, 
I wonder if he has to have somebody like it's on a trailer and it's being pulled or if he's like taking a road trip. I figured he flew. Now I know. No, he probably was no, taking he, a road he trip. And, no, he drives all the yeah. way out there. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, the wife and I, we have this little trailer that we pull behind our Jeep that we, we go off road camping. We'll drive 20 miles down a dirt road, and set up and camp for four or five days and just travel all over the country. doing it. Oh, now that's, that's the way to do it right there. That's yeah, that would be great. Uh, unfortunately, the closest I get to camping uh, with my wife is a hotel. Yeah. yeah. She won't even let me get an RV. She's like, why just stay in a hotel? I don't want to make the bed. I don't want to do laundry. I can stay at a hotel and it's all done. Yeah, I have one of those too. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, Island Jim Robinson. Go ahead, Jim. Go ahead, Jim. Island Jim, thank you so much. Jim Robinson, guys. Um, Go, if you haven't smoked an Island Gym, do yourself a favor. Go do that. If you haven't tried the Nick and Gym, do yourself a favor and go try that. Uh, and obviously, I think almost everyone's tried uh, the Oscar Valadares, the uh, Leaf by Oscar, uh, and some of uh, the other stuff from the OV uh, brands that Oscar has. Um, very uh, happy and honored to have Jim on. Thank you again, uh, Jim. Thanks, Next Jim. time, uh, Nick, uh, it's going to be a Smooth Draws reunion show that's right. with oh, you. that's right. Yeah, yeah, and Coop, uh, the whole gang's going to be there. Uh, I'm looking forward to that because I want to see you interact with Coop. <laughs> and the rest, Mike the Burner Turner will be there. It's going to be a very warm and uh, fun show, I think. Getting the, yeah, gang, no, I'm, the gang all back together again. That'll yeah, be we're going to talk about uh, smooth draws. We're going to talk about uh, you know how they got into media. Uh, all of that. But then I also want to I think we want to talk to Coop about media uh, in in the cigar industry and kind of what that looks like and how things have changed and how they're changing and, and kind of uh, maybe go in that direction a little bit. Also, uh, next week, guys, seven days uh, from today, I believe, I believe it's uh, uh, the eighth. Maybe it's the fifth Sunday, the fifth, uh, the after show. Uh, I, I believe we're calling it clear the air. Uh, with Tim and James, uh, Simply Stogie's podcast. So we'll be talking about this interview with uh, Jim. We'll be talking about some coffee. We'll be talking about a whole lot of stuff. Again, Island Jim, thank you so much. Nick. Thank you. First show under your belt. There you go. First official show under your belt. Uh, I hope it went smooth. Yeah, I was honored to have Jim uh, on my first show. Thank you, Jim, for doing it. I know it took a little long twisting, but it was good. Yeah, it was good. It was good, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time when we have uh, Coop and uh, Mike. The the what? What did you call him? What's your nickname for him? It's not my nickname. He's an NFL alumni, and he was known as Mike the Burner Turner. There you go, Mike the Burner Turner. Yep. And what did he also, play for? he played for Atlanta. He played for San Diego. He retired with Atlanta. I guess that was his last couple of years. And uh, we'll have Chad the Hangman. We all. For some reason, Gary, who was the host guy, and I don't want to drag this on, he gave everybody a nickname. So everybody had a nickname. Chad, the hangman. I don't know where that came from either. I can't can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, Until then, guys, uh, that's Nick. I'm James. Stay smoky, friends.